If you have a copy of God's Word this morning, I would like for you to turn to the book of Titus. If you know anything about finding your book for Bible drill, you've got First and Second Timothy, and they're tucked in between First and Second Timothy, and the book of Philemon is a small epistle to Titus. This being our last Sunday before Christmas Day, Many of you may be wondering, what in the world does the book of Titus have to do with Christmas? And and I will just go ahead and tell you up front that uh, this may be an untraditional passage to preach for Christmas and for a Christmas service, but I I want you to know, and you'll see soon, that this is very, very relevant to what we have to say today. We, we've been kind of going through a season of Christmas every year. It doesn't have to be this way, but we, we like to think about maybe a, a different theme throughout the Christmas season. You know, one of the things I love about lighting the Advent cam- candles is that it, it brings out the, you know, the, the, the essential um, truth and the essential um, emotions and, and the things that we as Christians hold on to at this time of year, like, like hope and joy and love and peace. And, and, and today, really, I want to emphasize one of those, which is which is hope. And, and last week, we, we had a, a, our Christmas celebration here uh, Sunday night, and the title of that entire message, the theme of that entire night was, that There is Hope for Everyone. And that's really what I wanted to, to talk to you about this morning, is that I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you brought here today. I don't know why you're here today. I think m- many of you are probably here to be encouraged with God's people, to, to be able to, to, to sit underneath the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Maybe it's here to, to just find strength in your faith and your journey. Some of you may have walked in here for other reasons. Maybe you were invited. Maybe somebody uh, guilted you into coming with them. I don't, I don't know the reason why necessarily you came in here, but I do know that this message is for you because I can say without a shadow of a doubt that there is hope for you. There is hope for everyone. How Lindsay, who is a Christian author once said this. He said, a man can live about 40 days without food. He can live about three days without water. He can live about eight minutes without air. But a man cannot live one second without hope. I want you to think about that. You know, if you think about the world in which we live and, and, you know, it doesn't take much for us to recognize that hopelessness abounds in our world today. Now, now I would say on one end, as, as Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's truly nothing new under the what? There's really nothing new under the sun. I mean, this is the way that it's been from the beginning. We've had tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, and the, the human story has been one of suffering and pain and, and hurt and abuse and, and death and war and, and disease and all of these things. They, they've been with us from the beginning since the fall of man, uh, since the curse uh, entered into this world, and, and we've had to live in this fallen, corrupt world. But, but I just want to remind you, as if you needed reminding this morning, that, that hopelessness abounds in our culture today. Children growing up in broken homes, being neglected, abused, and afraid. Only to go to school thinking that maybe they can get some relief from the bad situation they have at home, and they go to school to be bullied and humiliated by their peers. Financial stress and worry just always looming, causing anxiety on the family. Diseases like cancer come to ravish lives around us. 
mental illness and depression at an all-time high, drug abuse and addiction and death by overdose at all-time highs, violence and crime rates continue to soar, kidnapping, human trafficking, there's an epidemic in our world today, the sexual perversion in our culture today, they don't don't even try to hide it anymore, it's just in your face everywhere that you go, political instability, all the political division in our culture today, I mean, it just, it's just one thing after another, this money-driven media, the, the media that thrives all feeding us misinformation and fake news and breeding fear and confusion and creating more and more division in our culture in our day. You think about the godless belief system of naturalistic evolution that's been taught in our school systems now for generations, basically telling our kids that there is no God, that we're just a cosmic accident and we really don't have any purpose in life and when you die, it's over because that's the natural conclusion of naturalistic evolution there is no god there is no purpose there is no life after death it's just we're just here by mistake make the most of it and you wonder why so many people are without hope in our culture i've been i've been following a little bit about the suicide rates in our culture and and it's not good Suicide has become the second leading cause of death among teenagers in the United States, only behind car automobile accidents. What's even worse is that for preteens, we're talking about kids that are between 9 and 12 years old, in many states like the state of Ohio, I was reading today, it is the leading cause of death. Something's not right. It says that one in five children seriously consider suicide. And that can be only a symptom and only a consequence of this very one reality in which we live is that hopelessness abounds in our world today. Because you cannot live one second without hope. Now, this is a downer. This is bad news. This is... This is what we all know and we all understand. And some of us don't want to think about it. Some of us don't want to talk about it. Um, but it is what we're dealing with. This is bad news. It's, it's real. It cannot be denied. It must be confronted. But listen, for us to appreciate the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, look, sometimes we have to understand the bad news. And that's what I'm here today. I'm here today to tell you that there is good news and that we can get excited again and that that we do have a message for the world to hear that is a message of hope for everyone. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only answer to all of the problems and ills and circumstances and consequences of our culture today. He is the only answer, and we're going to see that more and more as I look at the book of Titus with you this morning. But I want to tell you one thing before we get started, because if you're a Christian in here today, then you've met this Jesus, you've experienced the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen to me, unless you and I share the hope of Jesus Christ with this lost and dying and hopeless world, let me tell you something, nobody else is going to do it. Number one, nobody else has a message of hope. Number two, nobody's going to do it anyway. And so when we look at the book of Titus this morning, I want to show you that, yes, there is hope for everyone. Titus chapter 2. If you have your Bible, look at Titus chapter 2. 
I'm going to read verses 11 through 14 and see the scriptures there up on your screen. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. As we wait, we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. It's the first time I've ever preached the book of Titus for Christmas. But the message is right on point. So, so first of all, let's just, let's just ask this question. What is hope? Okay, because when I say the word hope, many of you may have different ideas and many def- different definitions of hope. Let me tell you what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. You're in a very bad situation and you just wish that things are going to get better. That's not hope. Hope is not being an eternal optimist. I've been accused of being just an eternal... You may be a glass half full guy. You may see everything from a positive point of view. That's not hope. Hope is not a whimsical, superficial, half-hearted attempt to make yourself believe that something good might happen. Hope is not something that just makes you feel better about a situation when you really don't know the outcome. Hope is not blowing out your birthday candles or making a wish upon a star or buying a lottery ticket. That's not hope. As we look at this passage today, we're going to learn what hope truly is. And I have five realities that I want to share with you that are going to bring all of this to the surface. And and, and I hope, no pun intended, that all of us will walk away from here changed and transformed and inspired and ignited to be the light of the world that Jesus Christ has called us to be. Look at number one, reality number one. True hope is the reality of who God is, and listen to me, what he has done in the past. This is critical to understanding biblical hope. Biblical hope is always connected to the nature of God and what He has already done and accomplished in the past. He is Creator. We find our origin in Him. We're made in His image. He gave us life. Then He revealed His Word. And it's one continuous testimony of God's faithfulness of unchanging character. When you read through the Old Testament, that's why it's so important, Christian, that we study the Scriptures because as you study the Word of God, you're going to see one thing recur over and over and over again. God is faithful. He has acted consistently throughout history. He's fulfilled promise after promise. Listen to me. God has a perfect track record. I want you to think about that for just a second. God has never gone back on his word. He has never broken a promise. He's never told a lie. Everything that God has said he will do and has done. He's never failed to honor his word, never failed to keep a promise, and he's brought all of his prophetic word to pass, specifically concerning the testimony of the Messiah and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But I want you to see that we have hope because of the nature of God and how he has revealed himself to us through his word, which is basically the testimony of God of who he is and what he has done in the past. So stay with me here. It's it's basically very simple. If God has been faithful in that which has happened in the past, then he can also be trusted in the future. So now we're starting to get a little bit of a clearer picture about what true biblical hope is. It's understanding what God has done in the past. Then as we move forward into the New Testament, we see the revelation of God through the incarnation, which basically simply means God became a man. God took on flesh. God with us in the person of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And Paul is writing this letter to Titus and he says, for the grace of God has appeared, past tense. That's why we celebrate Christmas every single year. We're celebrating the incarnation of God in the flesh. The birth of Jesus Christ is a historical fact that happened in the past. He uses an interesting word right here. He says, for the grace of God has appeared. That word in the Greek is epiphany. It's the epiphany of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does epiphany mean? Epiphany simply means that something becomes visible. It it means that that something has been shined upon. It means that something has been clearly known or revealed or seen. God with us in the flesh. So we have the gift of God. It says the grace of God has appeared. That word grace is just another word for God's gift. It's unmerited favor. It's God's favor for mankind. The grace of God has appeared in the person of Jesus Christ. It reminds me of what the angel told the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, is born. Isn't that what Paul just tells us right here? For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The Christian message, the gospel message has always and forever will be that there is hope for everyone because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of all people. Black and white and yellow and brown, rich or poor, it doesn't matter who you are. Jesus Christ is the Savior for all people. So hope is understanding if God did that in the past and he was willing to give his own son, which the book of Romans tells us that if God did not even spare his only son but freely gave him up for us all, then what else can God give? What else could God possibly do to prove his love for you and for me? He's already given everything. And it is that reality that is the foundation of our hope. Jesus Christ, the greatest gift ever given, the grace of God in the flesh. And the primary purpose of Jesus Christ, other than making atonement for sin, for giving us victory over death, but listen to me, Jesus Christ came to initiate a relationship between us and God. Which leads us to our second reality. 
See, if our first reality is that biblical hope is rooted and grounded in the nature of God, he can be trusted in, in understanding what he has already done in the past, that that which he has done in the past, he will also be faithful to do in the future. But you know what? We're not in the future yet. We, we don't know what tomorrow necessarily is going to hold. We're living right now in the present and Paul calls it the present age. If you see that in Titus chapter 2, verse 12, he said that this grace of God, the, the coming of Jesus, is to give us uh, the ability to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion, to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in the present age. Now, there's, a, there's important meaning behind that term, present age. You see, the true hope is the reality that keeps us going in this present Age. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to give up. Sometimes I just want to throw the towel in and say, I quit. But it is the grace of God and the hope that I have in Him that keeps me what? Keeps me going. Amen. Now, there are some things in this passage that teach us that there is something that is at war against our soul in this present age. And then that really goes back to some of the, the discouraging news that I shared with you this morning about the hopelessness in the culture in which we live. But I want to see you, I want to show you something that, that Paul uses some words here that should get your attention when it comes to understanding what the reality of this present age is really all about. He uses the word lawlessness in verse 12. My Bible says ungodliness. And then in verse, um, let me see, in verse 14, he says to redeem us from all lawlessness. So let, let's start with that word first, lawlessness. You see, the reason that so many people do not have hope in the world today is because they are overwhelmed in a society and in a culture and in a world of lawlessness. What does that mean? It means that there is a total disregard for God and His law. There is unrestraint and total rebellion toward God and His Word. Amen. Now, when you just, you just take that on to its logical conclusion, when we live in a world that has a total disregard for who God is and what He has done and what His Word says and the commandments of God, you see, when you have a total disregard for those things, you begin to live in a culture of lawlessness. And I'm going to tell you something. That steals hope. Because you look around and you're going to say this. How is it ever going to get any better? Jesus spoke to this, speaking about the last days. He said, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And listen, he said, because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. It's a cold world for so many people. And it's directly connected to lawlessness unrestraint, total disregard for God. Listen, the commandments of God are not a burden to us. They're a what? They're a blessing. 
You know, if you're sitting in this room today thinking, I don't want anything to do with your God and His rules because He just wants to steal all the joy and all the fun out of my life. Listen, what are you going to do? You're going to go live a life of lawlessness that's going to completely destroy your life and the heart is going to grow cold. Because the Bible says that because of lawlessness, there is no hope. But then there's another scripture that brought my attention to this word, this present age. And it comes from 2 Corinthians 4.4. Listen to what Paul says in this scripture. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Did you see the connection? Paul is saying there is an enemy. His name is Satan. He is the devil. And he says he is the God of this what? This age. And what is he effectively doing? Day after day after day after day, his number one priority is to what? He wants to blind you. He wants to deceive you. No wonder why so many people are confused. No wonder why so many people are shrouded in darkness and shrouded in doubt. No wonder why so many people do not have hope because they spiritually have been what? Blinded and they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ who is our hope. Amen. So we have lawlessness that abounds in our culture today. We have spiritual deception that abounds in our culture today. And then he uses another word, ungodliness. This is basically refusing to honor God as Lord over your life. This is basically rejecting the Lord and choosing to live life your own way. Amen. Simply put, ungodliness is this. I don't want anything to do with you, God. And the people that say, I don't want anything to do with God in this life, unfortunately, will not have anything to do with God in the next. Because God will honor that and give you exactly what you want. You see, Paul speaks to ungodliness as as well. In the book of 1 Timothy, listen to what he said. Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Listen, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And then lastly, he said, worldly passion. What is worldly passion? Worldly passion is that lust and that sinful desire that is never satisfied. I will make you feel good and I will satisfy you. And in the end, it always leaves us what? Empty. This is the sex and money and drugs and status and power and all of those things that, that John says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If the world loves, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Listen, he says this, the world is passing away along with its desires. Amen. 
You catch that? All of the worldly passion that you could ever possibly gratify and get, and get into is ultimately worthless and is passing away. But whoever does the will of God remains forever. Now, now think about it. What I just described to you, lawlessness, ungodliness, spiritual deception, and worldly desire. What that means, guys, is this. We are getting hit from every single angle. Are you tracking with me? We are at war and we are battling spiritual battles on every single level, in every single relationship, from every single angle in our life, every single moment of every single day. It is relentless. No wonder why so many people are hopeless. They're just tired. Because you have to fight the battle of the what? The mind. All of us are, are at war right here constantly having to put down the lie and, and affirm the truth and, and fights temptation and all that. So you got what's going on in here. Then you got what's going on around you in your relationships and your family and at work and at school and your interpersonal relationships. Then you got the world at large with all of the temptation and the distraction of the world that's constantly bombarding us and trying to pull us away from our relationship with God. And not to mention the spiritual warfare that's happening behind the scenes through the principalities and powers of darkness that are at war against us. And that's why we are getting hit at every single angle. That's what Paul is talking about right here. That's what it means to be alive in this present age. And we're all feeling it, aren't we? Everybody in here feels it. But there's hope. There's hope. You see, what we learn right here is that in Jesus Christ, not only do we have hope because of who God is and what He has done in the past, but we have hope because only God, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, gives us the opportunity to have a relationship with God in the what? present. Now think about that for just a second. See, what happened on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago is essential to our faith, but our faith is not locked into the past. Our faith is a living faith. It's an active faith. It's a personal faith. It's a real faith that we understand that in the power of the Holy Spirit who comes to live inside each and every believer, we have a God who dwells with us right now in the present. What does that mean? Listen to me. It means that we don't have to go through this present age alone. Nobody ultimately is alone in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, you are never alone. He is always what? He's always with you. His promise is that never will He what? Never will He leave or forsake you. That's why hope is something that is rooted in the reality of the right now. And I want you to have that relationship with Jesus Christ in such a way that no matter what is going on around you, you still are kept in perfect peace because the God of peace, the Prince of peace, He he lives and dwells within you. That's what keeps us going, Christians. The relationship through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. So we have... Hope in what God has done in the past. We have the hope of the present relationship that we have with Jesus Christ in the present. Let's look at the third reality. 
true hope is the reality of unwavering confidence in a future day when we will be with God forever. True hope is the reality of unwavering confidence in a future day when we will be with God forever. I've, I've said it to you before, I'll say it again. The kingdom of God is this, is this sense for a believer is that it's already here, but it's not yet. Are y'all staying with me? This is, this is one of those struggles, those tensions that we have as a believer. Yeah, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. His presence is in us. We're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. We rest in the unchanging character and promises of God. But there's still something that is yet to happen as far as the kingdom of God has been brought from heaven to earth. We're waiting for that day when the kingdom of heaven is finally brought here to earth and we are with God forever and he will be our God and we will be his people and we will dwell in the presence of his glory and light forevermore. As far as I'm concerned and as far as I know, that has not happened yet. So we're still looking ahead to the what? We're still awaiting something to happen in the future, but we have what? Hope. And we have hope because of what God has done in the past. Jesus came the first time. Guess what? He's coming again. Jesus dwells with me right now. And here's what the, the Word of God says. is That good work that God has began in you, He will carry it out unto completion. That's a promise from God. Philippians 1.6. In other words, God will finish what He has started. So if His presence and power dwells within you, the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, will give life to your mortal bodies. And He will carry it out unto completion on the day of Christ Jesus when He appears the second time. Do you see how this is all connected? Look at what Paul says. He says, For the grace of God has appeared... That happened in a manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. But then he says, we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That hasn't happened yet. But we have an unwavering confidence in that future day. Somebody once said, I may not know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. Not only does God hold the future, but Jesus said that if we have a relationship with Him, He holds us in His hand and nobody can snatch us out. And the Father is also holding us in His hand and no one can snatch us out. That's hope. So that future day can happen one of two ways, right? Either we can go to be with the Lord, to be absent from this body, is to be effectively in the presence of the Lord where our hope becomes sight, our faith becomes sight. Or it will be when Jesus returns, if we happen to be alive or that generation that is alive when the return of the Lord happens here on this earth, then that will be the day of our blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. But no matter which happens, whether we go to be with the Lord or He comes to be with us, no matter which happens first, here's the, here's the key about it. Whatever we hope for, we have to learn how to wait. And that's the hard part. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Romans. Romans 8. 
one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. Listen to what Paul says. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present age, does that ring a bell? Same word. I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now listen to what he said. For in this hope we were saved. Past tense. Did you catch that? He said, in this hope, through a relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and His testimony and witness, inner witness in our heart, we were saved. Past tense. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. One of the hardest things for us to do as believers is to wait and to have patience. There's an inner sense of righteous anger that a believer has in this present age. You know what that inner sense of anger is? God, when are you going to make all this right? God, when are you going to finally put an end to the lawlessness and the deception and the ungodliness and the worldly passion? When are you finally going to come and put an end to evil and, and destroy your enemy and, and cast Satan into the lake of fire? And, and when are you going to finally come and, and dwell on this earth with us so that we may live in paradise with you forever where there is no more sorrow and there's no more tears and there's no more suffering or pain or sickness or sin? God, when are you going to do that? You, you read through the Psalms, you hear, you hear King David say that all the time. How long, oh Lord, how long am I going to have to wait to be troubled and pursued by my enemies? How long, oh Lord, are you going to wait until you, you repent? Hey, my enemies, for what they have done, guys, there is something in us and every one of us that has that sense, that feeling, God, when, how long, how much longer must we wait? But we do, we wait and we wait with patience. And if you understand what's being communicated here, is what Paul is saying, is that when the kingdom of God comes, only those whose bodies have been redeemed from corruptible into what? Incorruptible will inherit the kingdom. What Paul is saying is that we can't inherit the kingdom unless we get new what? New bodies. We, We couldn't live in the kingdom of God in our present state. And so the last thing that God is going to redeem in the future is going to be our what? 
Our body, our physical nature, the whole creation is going to be renewed. The whole creation is going to be made new and regenerated and restored, including our physical body, because without a restored and incorruptible and immortal physical body, we could not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it going to be a good day? Hallelujah, it's going to be a good day. And so now you may have a much clearer picture about what biblical hope is. Biblical, biblical hope has everything to do with the nature and character of God and who He is and what He has done in the past. If He can be trusted in the past, He can be trusted in the future. Biblical hope has everything to do with the personal relationship with Jesus Christ right now in the present. In other words, you don't have to go through this life alone. Amen. That's hope. And then you also have biblical understanding that that which has been done and proven in the past and that assurance that we have right now in the present is going to be realized in the future on that day when the grace of God appears a second time, the glorious return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we can wait for that because I'm going to tell you something, it's going to be worth it. Amen. So what is hope? He's a real person. Don't you see how everything changes now? Hope is not a feeling. Hope is not a wish. Hope is not a dream. Hope is not a desire. Hope is none of those things. Hope is a real person. And his name is Jesus. And he answers every single question. He, he, he secures every doubt that we have. He, he brings peace in a real way because he is a real person. He's more than a feeling. He's more than an emotion. He's more than even an expectation. He's the real person. Listen, and that's why this is so important. Why is it important that we understand in this present age with everything that's going on, with all the despair around us, all the darkness, the reason Jesus is the answer is because he is a real person that we can turn to. He's somebody that you can talk to. He's somebody that you can trust in. He's the person that you can count on to get you through and keep you going. He's someone that you can walk with. You don't have to go through life alone. Amen. Do you know why so many people get to the point to where they think it's not worth living anymore? Because they have nobody that they can turn to. They have nobody that they can talk to. They have nobody that they can just walk with. That's who Jesus is Christ. That's who Jesus Christ is to us. Amen. He's somebody that we can lean on. He's someone that we can rest in. He's someone that perfectly loves us. He's willing to lead us. He's somebody that can protect us from this present age and all of the evil around us. He's the one who provides for us. He is the one who will help us. He's the one who hears us. When you're that person who cries out and thinks nobody else in the world hears me, he hears you. He's all of that and so much more. What's the good song we sing, Mark, all my hope is in, all my hope is in Jesus. That's why Jesus Christ is God's greatest gift and the only hope for mankind. Amen. Last and final reality. 
True hope is a reality that must be shared with the world. I'm going to bring it all the way back to where I started. Maybe you as a believer this morning, maybe you need to be reminded of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe you were struggling with doubt and depression and discouragement and, and despair. Look, as believers, we're not immune to that stuff, are we? No, we're not, we're not immune to that. We, we can reach a point of a very low point of despair and hopelessness. I mean, we're, we're still human. Maybe you need to be reminded of who God is and what He has done and His personal presence with you and, and how we can expect His glorious return in the future when all things will be made right. Well, maybe you need to be reminded that you have a Savior who wants a relationship with you, who has a relationship with you that you can lean on and talk to and trust in and count on and look to in your time of need. But we all needed to be reminded that hope is nothing that we hold on to and keep selfishly to ourselves. Amen. Hope, by definition, was meant to be shared. Look at what Paul says in the very last verse of Titus 2.14. We wait for the appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a a people for his own possession, who are what? Zealous for good works. Now, Christians in the room today, there's a lot of good that we can do in this world. There's a lot of good works that we can do. There's no greater good work that you will ever do in in your life than to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Let me say that one more time. There's a lot of good things that we can do and that we should do as Christians in this life. But there's no greater expression of love, there's no greater gift of hope that anybody will ever do in their life than to tell someone else about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's another definition about this present age that I want to share with you as I close. Because you can look at this present age as all bad. And it's bad, y'all. It's rough. But you know what the Bible says? says there's also something unique about this age in which we live. Peter said it this way. He said, For God is not slow in keeping His promise. As some count slowness. Remember what we talked about a while ago? When, God, are you going to bring... Judgment on the ungodly. That's what Peter's saying. God is not slow in keeping His promise. He will bring judgment on the ungodly. It will happen in the future. But he said, God is not slow in keeping His promise. As some count slowness, but He is what? Patient with us. Not wishing that anybody would what? Perish. God doesn't want to see anybody perish without Him. But that everybody would come to repentance. You know what that means about this present age in which we live? It is the unique time in human history when God has made salvation available to 
Jew and Gentile alike. He's made salvation available to any and everyone who will hear the good news of the grace of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, this is also called the age of grace. Because this is the unique time in human history when the Spirit of God is at work and the Word of God is being proclaimed and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is meant to go out to all people to shout it from the rooftops because there's going to come a day when the age of grace is over. This is a unique time that we get to participate with God in carrying the hope and the message of the gospel to the world so that all who would hear the gospel could and would believe so that they could have what? So they could have hope. I'm going to ask our praise and our worship team if they'll go ahead and make their way back up. You know... I'm going to ask a couple of questions as they come up, and, and, I, and I, I really believe that everybody in this room can probably relate or identify with, with one of these questions. And, and so I'm just going to ask, ask them to throw our application upon the screen. Maybe you came in here this morning looking for hope. I got the answer. Are you looking for hope? Just come to Jesus. Maybe you came in here this morning and you have, you're losing hope. Maybe you're, you're headed in that direction. You don't know if you can make it another day. You're losing hope. Listen, just trust in Jesus. I promise you, He will bring you back. Maybe you came in here and you think you've lost all hope together. Maybe you came in here today, this was the, this was the day you decided you're just going to end it all. You don't have any other reason to live. Listen to me. Fall upon Jesus. Just, just, just give it up. Just, 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 just lay in His arms and let Him hold you and love you and forgive you and bring you back. Because there's hope. Maybe you're in here and you're living with hope. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's praise Jesus. Amen. Yeah. He's worthy to be praised, right? And maybe you're in here and you're already filled with hope and you're walking in victory right now and you're in a very good place spiritually. Then listen, it's time to share that and lead others to Jesus. But no matter where you are and no matter what your question is, the answer is all the same. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Guys, we're about to sing a song, an old hymn called My Jesus, I Love Thee. And we're going to strip it down, and there's going to be an opportunity for you to sing. And, and I want to encourage you to, to help our worship team as they sing. We want you to sing. We want to hear one collective voice today sing together for the glory of the Lord as we give Jesus the honor and do his name as the only hope of the world. Amen? Amen. Would you stand together as we pray? Father, I just want to thank you for another opportunity to be reminded of who you are and what you have done in the past to be reminded of your presence in our life every moment of every second of every day. And also to be reminded of the future glory that we will have as your children on that day when you come to make everything right. And until then, Lord, help us to look to you as our ever-present help and our hope in any time of trouble. 
Lord, we thank you so much. And help us to go out as your people to be a light into the world and to give hope and to share hope with other people, Lord, who need it so desperately in this present age. Lord, we pray these things today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. As we sing, feel free to come. Feel free to come pray. If you need prayer, this is the time to do it.